From BuildSpeedTech comes a weekly digital series that shares its insights, concepts, and findings from years of learning and mentorship. Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Phil Svitek, and I want to wish you a happy new year. Now, I, like you, am a creative person. And I have come to realize firsthand the importance mental fortitude has in order to accomplish our creative endeavors, which is why I've created this series to help you out based on the lessons I've learned along the way. And so for today, because it is the start of a new year, let's talk about something that's very important, money. Now, I know it's a very taboo subject for a lot of us, and especially as creatives, we tend to look at money as, you know, that's not us, right? Or we look at it from the standpoint of, I'm too broke and I can't do anything. But it is important to talk about it in real terms, and part of that is figuring out a budget for yourself. And so that's what I want to talk about today, is how to create a budget for this year, 2019, and a practice that you can then use yearly moving forward. I want to thank Chelsea Galicia of the Financially Fit Foundation, because it was she who taught me a lot of these basics when I myself, years ago, was trying to get a better grasp on my finances. So th- thank you, Chelsea. Now, one of the things that she taught me when it comes to budgeting is that it's really about setting your priorities, your value system, if you will. Whenever you hear stories about couples arguing about finances, it really isn't about the finances themselves. It's really because their values aren't aligned and the result of it is through finances, right? And so ultimately that's what budgeting is, is making sure your actual values align with where you're putting your money. And in order for you to be able to do that, you of course need to set a budget. Now, whenever creatives hear the word budgeting, they have an aversion to it, right? Because of course it is the furthest thing away from creativity. It sounds very corporate, it sounds very mundane, menial, uh, perhaps it's math and we don't like that. You've got 17.5% in T-bills amortized over the fiscal year. 8% in stocks and bonds. Carry the nine to buy by the gross national product. Fortunately, funeral bouquets are deductible. However, for all of us with artistic visions, we need to start looking at finances, not be frightened of them, because it can actually be quite liberating. And of course, at the end of the day, we need money in order to survive, right? And how do we survive if we don't know where our money is going? That's what budgeting at the end of the day is. Now, I want to give you a personal anecdote because it probably applies to you as well. Years ago, I was in a position where I really wasn't budgeting, really didn't know where my money was going. And that was primarily because I just, I I said I didn't care um, and I didn't want to know, right? I didn't want to know simply because um, the the thought of looking would just be too scary in the sense that, um, you know, I I couldn't afford certain things and so forth. And a lot of us feel like that starting off is that when we create a budget, it feels too limiting and restrictive. However, you can't liberate yourself financially without starting somewhere, right? They say the same thing with investing. 
um, in order to yield a high return on your investments, well, you got to start somewhere. Uh, saving. If you put $10 a week away into your savings, well, you know, the first two weeks, you only have $20, but after 50 weeks um, and so forth, you have a lot more, right? And so that's really what this is all about, is taking that first big step in order to get to where you want to go. And that's what Chelsea Galicia helped me to kind of do, was take that first step and kickstart it from there. So I want to help you take this first leap into your finances. And again, it's going to at first be very, very scary. And that's okay because I'll talk about how that can actually can be a good thing. But we need to do it in order to, to get to where you want to go. Okay. Let's start with a budgeting exercise. And again, credit goes to Chelsea Galicia. Imagine that you are making $10,000 a month. Now, for some of you, that might seem very, very incredible. And if... For those of you that that seems like a little, then, you know, congratulations. But let's start there, right? And take that $10,000 and what we're going to do with it is kind of attribute it across various categories of our budget, right? So here's the various categories. Home slash rent. Furniture slash appliances. Repairs utilities, auto, which also includes gas and things of that nature, your savings, investments, any debt you have to pay off, pets and or children, food, fun slash entertainment, medical, charity, Wardrobe and personal, which includes things like hygiene and so forth. And lastly, gifts slash celebrations. Now take a look at that list and whatever number you assign per category, divide it by 10,000 and then times it by 100 to get the percentage. That percentage represents your values, your priorities in terms of your budgeting. So let's say you assign 30% to auto because you like, you know, you, you like cars and so forth. You like vintage. Well, then 30% represents your priority values towards cars, right? So now you know the percentages and your value system. However, you might look at this and say, well, this is just based off of $10,000 a month in terms of my budget, which would be fantastic to have but in reality, it doesn't represent my actual expenses and so forth. And I get that. What we've just created, though, is an ideal, something to strive towards, right? But we have to get there. I'm not going to be a nobody all my life. One of these days, I'm going to be a somebody, a real somebody. Then we'll live in a lap of luxury, a woman will have everything she deserves. But we have to get there. And how do we get there? Well, we do the same exercise again, except this time, we're going to do it based on your actual income and actual expenses. So make a new column with the same categories and now fill in the ones that you know. So let's say you're renting a, an apartment or you have a mortgage on your house, whatever the case may be, put that number in there. Um, let's say you know on average how, how much you're paying for utilities. So go ahead and put that there. 
all the numbers that you know already that you're paying, put there. Then take that number and subtract it from your total monthly income, right? Now this number represents your leftover amount that you can distribute across the other categories that you have yet to fill in. Ideally, you would try to take that number and distribute it as much as you can based on the percentages of your ideal budget. Now, again, when you do this, you might not have, let's say you in your ideal budget, you spent 20% on fun and entertainment, whereas in your actual budget now, you can only spend 10%. Again, that's okay, but it gives you an actual number to put in there and to know each month what you have allotted for. See, what budgeting is really all about is knowing how much you can spend monthly, which right now, as I said, mentioned earlier, can feel a little bit restrictive, but in time, what we're trying to get to, let's say, let's say you love cameras and equipment such as me. Well, uh, you might have a category in there just for kind of, let's say work related stuff or, or hobbies, right? Um, and so if you spend $2,000 on a camera, you won't have to feel bad about it because it's already accounted for in your budget. That's the that's where we're trying to get you to be. Who said money doesn't buy happiness? But Fred, isn't this all too much, too fast? Woman, in the buffet of life, there are no second helpers. You gotta fill up your plate, top off your cup, and stuff a few rolls in your pocket. <laughs> and so, what what this current budget does is allow you to see what you have to play with and how you can get to where you want to go. I mentioned at the top of the show that this can feel a little bit restrictive at the moment. And I also said that that can be a good thing because it can propel change. See, interestingly enough, I was reading an article about envy and it was stating that envy can be good because it's a catalyst for you to do something where because you're envious of a person, you feel like A, you can do the same, and B, you're not where you want to be in life. And of course, you can pout about it, or you can do something about it. Well, the same thing applies here. Once you start to see your budget and feel like, okay, you know what, this is not where I want to be in my life, I want to do more, then all of a sudden, there's that mental shift where you start going after more things and you can start to increase your income or you find that you're spending money on things that weren't really that important to you and you can cut some, some things off your um, expenses, right? So it, it works both ways in, in those two things. But primarily, again, it is that catalyst for change where, where, you, where you start to take action. Here's another anecdote. In my life, I wanted to build up my savings and investment portfolio. And when I first started, Obviously, I was a long way away from my goal, but I've been doing it for a year and a half, almost two years now, and I feel very great where I'm at um, in that time period. I'm actually very grateful, and I look back on that, and I'm very much impressed at where I'm at. Now, of course, I'm not where I fully want to be quite yet with my savings and investing, but it's good to know. It's like a snowball effect, right? where at first it felt very painful and I was like, oh, well, this, this isn't yielding what I want. But as I mentioned, a year and a half down the line, I look at it and this tiny snowball that once was has rolled down the hill. I would say it's about midway and it's a pretty big snowball now. 
And in time, it's just going to continue to grow and grow, both in my savings and investment. And that's what you're going to start to see with your financial life if you apply this budgeting technique. Now, as part of that, to, to get there, you have to actually track your expenses. You can't just have a budget and then not do anything with it. The budget is there as a tool. And, and I would say to start off maybe once a week, you actually go in your credit card statements, you check your receipts and so forth to make sure it all matches up and you start putting it where it's supposed to go. And that way you can see what your actual spending is versus what your um, quote unquote budget is. To help you with that, there's plenty of apps out there that do budgeting. There's, there's uh, a link we've included for some spreadsheets as well in terms of budgeting. So take advantage of those. And I encourage you to also in the comment section, let us know of other ones that you think would work. Now, one final piece of advice. Remember my lesson on no hurry, no pause. If you don't, feel free to go back and visit that episode. But essentially apply that mentality to your finances. Don't hurry, but don't pause, and you will start to see the results you're going for. For more information on all of this stuff, I highly, highly encourage you to visit financiallyfitfoundation.org, which is, of course, Chelsea Galicia's website and has a ton of more information. But wait, there's more. Hang on to your seat, baby, because this one's a screamer. As a bonus to this episode, I will be redistributing past interviews of mine where I also interviewed Chelsea Galicia. It's three episodes worth of interviews all about finance, investment, and money in general. So I encourage you to check those out. Now, they are only in audio form, so you have to go to the Phil Svitek podcast podcast and check them out that way. I will include links in the description box for the video listeners. So I encourage you to check those out as well. Other resources that I highly recommend that have helped me in my financial space was the book Broke Millennial and Tony Robinson's two books, one called Money Master the Game and the other one called Unshakable, which of course talks about investing and how to grow your retirement. That's a little bit more advanced. I would start with Chelsea's website, Broke Millennial, which is highly to do with budgeting and credit cards and and so forth, and then build towards investing and all that. Hopefully, you're no longer intimidated by budgets and finances the way you were at the beginning of this lesson, and happy budgeting. What a way to start off 2019, am I right? It's true. Finances can be a scary subject for most of us creatives, but As Phil said, it doesn't have to be. And once you stop fearing it, it can liberate you. Be sure to follow these steps given. If you miss some of them, you can always rewind and replay them. Also to help you, we've included a link to some of the websites with budgeting templates. And of course, there's hundreds of apps you can download on your phone or your tablet. Leave us a comment with any of your favorite ones or any other suggestions you might have on budgeting that could benefit others. If you like this episode, please be sure to hit that like button and tell your friends and family members about us. Also, you can support this show on patreon.com slash if it doesn't burn in you financially in any way. Every contribution is truly appreciated and it helps defray the cost of putting on this show, which you can imagine takes a lot of effort. 
To be notified when future episodes release, subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever other platform is most convenient to you. Specific links are provided below. Thank you so much for watching. For future show updates, be sure to follow at FailStayTech or Instagram me at BonjourJuliet. I'm Joby Bear, a producer on the show, and we will see you next week with another one of Phil's life lessons. Bye.